Well, let's welcome you back to this week in the association. I'm Rob Panier, not not joined by my good buddy Kevin Luco here tonight because uh, you know he's got a lot of work to do out there. So at this Christmas time, he's bringing in a different Christmas spirit out there for people uh, in this in the Fairvault area. So, but honored to welcome back uh, the new broadcaster for the Kansas City Monarchs, Carter Woodhill. Carter, thanks for coming back and joining me here tonight. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. So, Carter, let's just first of all talk about you, you've been the guy at the American Association for the last couple of years. So, so what brings about the new transition here for you? Well, you know, it it, it was an offer I couldn't refuse, really, from Kansas City. I mean, I'm really excited um, to join the team. Uh, there's there's a lot that's that's exciting about it, being able to get back in the booth regularly, being able to be a part of the organization, and, and to be honest, to be somewhat blunt, you know, just to be able to have a job that's full-time and year-round. Uh, you know, I've never had uh, a job that's full-time and year-round before uh, in, in the sports industry. You know, I loved my jobs at the Canaries and with the APB. Those were both jobs that ran just in the baseball season. And so to be able to have something where, you know, I could support myself and my wife and the family that we're, we're trying to build um, year-round is really exciting. Uh, but it's, yeah, it, it came together kind of quickly. It, it, it wasn't necessarily something I saw coming, and it, it, it's really, really exciting. Uh, I'm just thrilled to, to be able to, to bring Monarchs fans closer to the team that they love. Now, now I know you, know, you go to school to become a broadcaster, and, I, and I'm sure reporting on what's going on throughout the league is a lot more fun, but, but I gather this is really what you want to be doing. Yeah, you know, I, it's I like to think that, you know, I'm a Swiss Army knife and I can do a lot of different things. You know, I try not to put myself in in any one box. And I really enjoyed um, what I was doing with the league, you know, being able, like you said, to to tell the stories of everybody. I do think just because um, that's what I've seen folks do and that's what I had envisioned that one day I was going to move on to a team, I wasn't necessarily in a huge rush to do it. Um, but obviously this was just a, a great opportunity that, that came about, and, and I'm, I'm going to be bringing a lot of what I was doing last season with the AAPB job into, into what the Monarchs are doing, so it's going to be really exciting. So, so do you see in this position here where we're going to get maybe weekly or, or even game kind of features that you may have where you're doing interviews and, and, and talking with players and coaching staff, people on the coaching staff? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I, I, my intention is to bring what I was doing to the league to this position. And, and we don't have, you know, all of the details ironed out yet. That's sort of one of the things at the top of my to-do list for the next, you know, couple of months is putting together the full schedule of, of what, are, or what we're going to be putting together and obviously working in tandem with uh, the great team that's, that's in, in Kansas City. You know, Morgan is an outstanding, you know, social media director, award-winning social media director as well. So I'm really excited uh, to work with her and, and to work with Jay Heimrichs, obviously, and everybody else in the team. Um, we've got a great group of people and, and uh, a lot that I'm really excited about. But, yes, you know, I, I really love interviewing, and I think um, I've got, a, you know, I've got a lot of experience with it, obviously. I talked to, you know, hundreds of, of people over the course of those two years at the AAPB. And uh, so I'm just excited to try and, and put a spotlight on our players and what fans can see at the ballpark uh, as much as I can so our fans can, can feel as connected to the team as possible. That's, that's the goal. Now, you were telling me before we went on the air here tonight that this is technically a, a new position that they created for you. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's, it's you know, kind of in, in doing with the change, it's a little bit unusual um, 
for how they're doing going about it. And basically, it's a position where obviously I'm going to be calling the games, and I'm going to be uh, really excited about that. But I'm also going to be heading up basically the public relations for the team. So I don't know uh, how often you know folks are familiar with how college athletics works, but you know college schools have a sports information director who you know will sometimes do broadcasting for them, but is also in charge of uh, relationships with the media and and putting together auxiliary content and you know helping stuff behind the scenes with broadcasts and things like that. Um, so that's what I'm going to be doing as well. It's all you know. There's a lot that I'll be doing that's front facing with the broadcast with interviews. Uh, there's a lot that I'll be doing behind the scenes. We're really excited about. Uh, improvements that we're working on with the production of our AABaseball.tv broadcast. Um, and there's a lot that I'll be doing just with talking to media outlets to try and get the team covered, um, you know, in, in traditional media as well. So it, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's sort of, it's a new thing. That's how uh, the, the team is approaching it. And it's really exciting, but they're, they're making this investment and making the investment in, in, in other things that are really going to improve the fan experience. Now, now, for a couple of years working at the league office, you, di- you didn't have to travel too much, but now you get those long bus rides again. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, part. You, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a lot of travel. You know, when I got my first job with the Canaries, I had a good friend of mine who's, who's also a, a, still a broadcaster. He told me, he was like, oh, that's great that you're working in the American Association because then wherever you go next, the travel will be easier because there's nowhere that has worse travel in this league. <laughs> Um, but you know what, uh, as much as I love being home and, and, and working from home these last two years, it, it got kind of easy to feel cooped up. You know, I spent a lot of time sitting in my office and, and making the whip around and making videos, and it'll be great to go out and just see people in person. Uh, and I've never, I've never minded bus rides, to be honest with you. I get way more tired out when we have to get on a plane. So I'm, I'm fine with, with uh, chilling on the bus. <laughs> Now let's talk a little bit about about the team you're going to be calling here because uh, you have been just the cream of the crop in terms of great power numbers, fantastic pitching staff the last couple of years, won a title a couple of seasons ago. You've got to watch Kansas City kind of from afar over the last couple of years. Wait, what are your thoughts about this club right now? Well, I know they're they're fun to watch, aren't they? I mean, they play such an entertaining style of baseball, so that's really exciting as somebody who's, who's going to be pushing and trying to grow this team's fan base, knowing the product that they have. And, and I also, you know, when I think about the Monarchs and, you know, whether they're going to be successful, you know, the first person I think about is Joe Calvin-Pietra. And, and we all know, you know, those of us in the league, uh, how outstanding a job he has done, you know, a manager of the year caliber skipper and, and somebody who is, as long as he's in Kansas City, uh, he's going to feel the contending team, not just because he's able to build rosters at this point during the off season, but because of his just unparalleled ability to rebuild on the fly during the year, which is something you have to do if you're going to win consistently in this league, you know, being able to have the connections and the wherewithal to identify a, a, a hot player, a top, somebody that's, that's maybe fallen through the cracks that can help the team. And in a matter of days, be able to make the decision on whether they're worth a roster spot, then bring them in, and, and more often than not, uh, it works out in their favor for Kansas City. So, so that's you know what's really exciting, and and obviously you know these last couple of years we've seen plenty of long balls in Kansas City. So I'm looking forward to seeing some baseballs go out of Legends Field this season. I, I'm getting uh, the feeling you're really going to get to practice your home run call a lot. 
I guess. Yeah, I guess. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be uh, that'll be the, the 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 plan here, and hopefully our fans will get to have a lot of souvenirs. Now, as you watch the rebranding of this team over the last couple of years, and and how they've you know really worked with the Negro League Museum and and embraced Kansas City's kind of history, what are your just thoughts on what this organization kind of looks like right now? Well, it's it's obviously you know it's it's an outstanding brand and it's it's a recognizable brand uh, and and you're right you know that's one of the great things just about baseball in general right it's the, it's its connection to its history and I'm really really excited uh, as part of this new position to dive into the history of this team the history of the name uh, and, and to educate people tell people more and share the stories. Uh, that are that are associated with this team. You know, it's a chapter in baseball history, but I think a lot of people know about and have heard of, but maybe haven't heard about in depth. And I'm looking forward to sort of going into that next level and, and incorporating that into our broadcast and incorporating that into our content. Um, and it's really cool just because of, you know, the connection that it creates for the fans as well. You know, this is a team... Um, where you know its identity really has a lot of meaning for for people, and that and that's really exciting, and uh, and it's uh, I'm looking forward to to honoring that and to elevating that. Now you got to talk to quite a, a few of the Monarchs players last in the last couple of years, and doing the show for the American Association. Is there a guy or a story that kind of stood out to you that really has touched you, or, or that you love sharing with other people? Oh man, that's a good question, you know, because there, there are a lot. I mean, there are great stories everywhere in the American Association, as you know, um, with with Kansas City. You know, I, I this is this is such an obvious answer, but John Hernandez is such a great guy to to talk to, and I think, you know, there are a bunch of things. You know, I, I remember talking to other folks as well, but uh, talking to John, I forget when I was with him. Must have been when I did that game of the week in August in Kansas City. And he talked about just how he felt so lucky to not just be playing ball and playing for a winning team, but to be in the American Association and with Kansas City. He talked about how when he played an affiliated ball, it felt like people were all over him. There were all these different coaches. There were all this stuff that made him, you know, stick to this strict regimen. And, he, and, and to hear him tell it in this league, he's like, I just feel so relaxed. I'm allowed to be myself. I'm having fun. I'm doing what I need to do. And I'm playing better on the on the field, and, and just you know the the story of him and, and Alexis Almeida being you know uh, high school teammates back in Puerto Rico and, and and finding their way to the team. That's something that you don't necessarily see in in, in affiliated baseball and other leagues. Um, but there are a lot of great stories. I mean, I learned uh, from J.C. Escada what it's like to be Matt Adams's first roommate in ten years. Uh, which was kind of fun. You know, he was like, I asked him, is Matt Adams a good roommate? He's like, yes, he's a great roommate. He's a great guy. We got along great. But I was the first roommate he'd had in 10 years because he'd been in the show for so long. Uh, I learned that Darnell Sweeney didn't eat, eat before games, you know, and I asked him, is that a superstition thing? He said, no, I just, I kind of, it just feels good. I don't want to feel bogged down by eating meat before a game. Uh, so that's the kind of thing that I'm, I'm, I love finding and, and that's you know something that i i can't wait to incorporate in the broadcast you know because you can throw stats at people for as long as you like but to get a connection with those players it's those kind of things those human things um that are really important so i'm looking forward to to telling a lot more stories like that this summer you know what i think is kind of funny carter is that you know most broadcasters move to uh, you know some move to a, a situation where they are 
broadcasting overall for the league, and so you got to be more unbiased, I guess is the word I'll use here. But but you're going from a spot where you you know you're you're open to everybody to you're trying to be the Kansas City guy. Is, is that a hard transition for you? Do you think? You know, I, I I don't. I'm really excited about it. I think it's harder, you know, to to try and make sure that you're you're treating all the 12 fan bases equally. And I, and I did the best I could with that. But I'm really excited because I think I'm going to be able to form such a better connection to the audience this way. Because when I was the voice of the league, like, we have a great league and we have great supporters of our league. I don't know how many people would describe themselves as fans of the American Association, right? You're a fan of the Dogs or the Monarchs or the Canaries or you're a fan of a team and, and you support the league, right? But, but the, the passion for the team, you know, especially in a sport like baseball, is always what comes first. And, and as much as I always tried to be engaging and down-to-earth and approachable in the stuff that I was producing, there was always this sort of element of, okay, this is the guy up in the league office, you know, and, and you are the fans. And now when I'm taking this job with Kansas City, now I'm looking at things where I'm side by side with the fans. I'm looking at it from their perspective. And I'm going to be a little bit more, you know, gung-ho for the Monarchs here, which I'm excited about. Uh, I think that, that honestly the, the suite of content that I'm going to bring translates even better to a situation like that because I'll be able to foster a better connection for the fan base, with, with the fan base. I'll be meeting them where they're at. So I, I'm really excited to dive into that, that part of it. That West Division is absolutely brutal. You, you got to watch a lot of games last year from everybody around that. What, what are your thoughts just about the Western Division itself? Yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. I mean, travel is going to be difficult. You know, you were talking about it earlier. Uh, but it's, it's no joke. And I think, you know, it's, it's exciting to see the the level of competition that we're going to be able to to witness in this division obviously you know Fargo Moorhead will be riding high as the reigning champions and and it's it's tough you know when you have a situation like that it's always hard to predict in baseball how divisions shake out obviously I think you know just my opinion the West Division was the stronger of the two last year and it's always tough when you have a semifinal series like that when Fargo and Kansas City two really really great teams are meeting at that stage. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's hard to sort of predict how things will shake out from this far out since we're still not really sure what the rosters are going to look like. But we know that there are some great organizations. We know that Winnipeg is always going to field a really competitive team. We know that their fans are extremely passionate. We know Fargo is going to be even more emboldened finally being able to, to, to get that elusive title last year. Uh, we know that, you know, there, there are plenty of other great opposition as well. In Sioux Falls, we opened the season in Sioux City uh, with the Explorers. You can never count that team out. Uh, they're always a really tough team to face. So there's, there's a lot uh, to look forward to in, in the division. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, a Joe Cal Pietro-led team can compete with anybody. And this is just the way that I like it as a broadcaster. We want to be in the tough division. We want to have the gauntlet and the tough schedule. It's exciting. Now, a couple of years ago, Sioux Falls decided to go a little different direction. I, I think 99.9% of people were pretty surprised by that move. Uh, from in, two years ago to today, you've got, you got to call some games, but are, is there, are there some things that you wanted to do a little differently this season that you might have done a couple of years ago? Well, I mean, there's a lot of brand new things that I'm excited about doing this year. You know, I, I definitely think having um, – 
a position for two years where it was very sort of new media focused and social media focused um, helped me sort of broaden my expectation of, okay, what can a broadcaster do? What can a broadcaster be? Um, and, and so, you know, and, and I think I was always thinking about, okay, if I were to jump to a team, how would this translate? Uh, I can tell you, you know, I'm on the cell phone, I'm calling with this right now. I've got a note in the notes app and I've got, I think there's like 20 different ideas on there about stuff I'm going to do once I officially start uh, this job on January 1st. Uh, everything from let's figure out how to incorporate social media posts into our broadcast to let's get a more concrete schedule for how often I'm interviewing players to just just totally random things like, oh, like, do we need to buy this sort of microphone or is there one at the stadium already or something like that, you know? Uh, so, yes, there's going to be a lot. This is going to be a more expanded position, obviously, than, than what I was doing in Sioux Falls. You know, I think, I think when I was in Sioux Falls, year two was better than year one. Year three was better than year two. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to be better than I was yesterday. And so I think there's going to be a lot to build on. I hope that answers the question. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I, I, I feel kind of, if I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about the elephant in the room kind of thing here. Replacing Dan Vaughn, obviously a popular guy in Kansas City, do you do you kind of keep some of the things that Dan was doing, or, or this is Carter Woodhill doing kind of his own thing, and you're going to run with it from that? Well, it's big shoes to fill, and anybody who's who's uh, had the pleasure of, of meeting Dan Vaughn or, or talking to him knows how great of a guy he is, and it's uh, it's obviously a, a tough spot for him, and you know I, I I know how it feels, you know, from two years ago, and there's a lot that that he did that that was outstanding and the biggest thing was the forming the connection with the fan base because like you were saying you know he has uh, a great following and and a great he he was able to make you know the the streaming broadcast uh, a destination for fans and so I want to I want to maintain that spirit uh, I want to keep that going and I you know I, I encourage folks to to keep turning out and keep uh taking a listen to these broadcasts and I'm excited to, to sort of, you know, I, it's, it's a brand new position. It's a new start for me, but I'm excited to continue on what he started as well. One of the things I think is kind of funny, Carter, is if you see Joe Calfa Pietra, most people would probably think he's a pretty gruff guy, but he's a very nice person. You got a chance to talk to him over the last few years. Your, your thoughts on Joe? He is, you know, I think that's a great way of putting it. You know, this is, this is going to sound so cliche, but Joe Calfavietro, he's a baseball guy, right? I mean, that's, you know, he's not necessarily uh, a chatterbox, you know, when you're talking to him, but when you can get the chances I have, and as you have, Rob, to talk baseball with him, he's uh, a, a great guy and an outstanding baseball mind. Uh, and that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to the most is, is to be able to pick his brain uh, throughout the season and really get to, to talk about all the developments and all the moves that he'll surely be making uh, as the season goes along. You know, he's a, an outstanding manager, and uh, it's just such an important position thing to have in our league, to have a, a presence like what Joe provides. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited to do interviews with him. I'm excited to get an inside look at, at, the, at his strategic decisions, I'm excited to just hang out with him on the bus. Like, I'm ready for this. So it's going to be really, really – it's going to be a thrill. So. Now, you were telling me you begin officially on January 1st. So what, what, 
do you have like a here's the first few things I want to try to work on or kind of a plan to get yourself acclimated to the position? Yeah, so there's I mean there's a number of things that I'm looking at. I mean the first thing is is just planning, right? You know, one one of the things that I'm really going to try to do and I know I'm not going to be able to do this perfectly is to try and plan out as much as I can ahead of the season because it's very difficult to think long term when you're in the meat grinder of a 100-game season, you know, over the course of 110 days. You know, so one of the things that we're working on now, you know, I've got a, a phone call in a couple of days. We're talking about equipment. Uh, we're going to be making some equipment upgrades, uh, which is really exciting, you know, both for the radio broadcast, which we obviously, we, the, we didn't have team-owned equipment, so we need to bring that in, and then also on the TV side for our AA Baseball TV stream, uh, we've made a new hire there, and, and we're going to be uh, upgrading uh, certain elements of the production team to get more people involved and, and make it more cohesive between broadcaster and production. And there's all this equipment that you need to, to figure out, you know, how that fits together. So that's, that's the number one thing that I'm working on right now. But, you know, there's just a lot of things, like, like I was saying, making a budget of what content we're going to put together. So, like, we, I've talked about how – excited I am to talk to Joe. How often are we talking to Joe? How, what platforms are our, our interviews going to go out to? You know, how are we going to balance that versus talking to players versus talking to other people? And then things like uh, making the graphics package for this season. You know, the, the graphics and the transitions that you see if you watch the American Association Whip Around. I made all those, you know, this time last year. I'm going to make new ones for the marks. What are those going to look like? And it'll take some time for me to Churn those out and figure those out and probably, probably honestly make one and then say, you know what, we've got to change this and, and move back a few steps. And so uh, there's, there's just a whole list of things, and, and that's one of the things that um, really excites me about this position is I think, you know, Jay Heinrichs is going to be my boss and Mark McKee and Mark Brandemeyer and the ownership. They understand the importance of all the behind-the-scenes things that go into a job like this. And, and so um, there's a lot that's going to go into it, making our media – contacts as well, talking to folks in, in the Kansas City media, getting to know them is a big part of it as well, uh, and just doing everything I can to get the name out there, introduce people to this team. Now, uh, for fans out there, you're actually doing something else right at the moment. So tell us a little bit about what Carter's got going on these days. Well, it's hoop season for me right now. Yeah, so that's uh, this will be, you know, unfortunately will be my last season uh, with South Dakota Coyote women's basketball, so that's what I – uh, that's what I'm working on right now, and I'll be doing sort of both jobs from January through March before making the move down to Kansas City year-round in April, uh, which we're excited about. But, uh, yeah, we uh, just got a big win to open up conference play last night for USD women's basketball, trying to make it back to the NCAA tournament after making the Sweet 16 last year. And uh, they're actually – I'm prepping hard tonight because we just found out our game – on uh, tomorrow, which was going to be at 6 o'clock at night, has moved up to 12 o'clock in the afternoon because we've got a blizzard coming. So we've got to get the game in to allow everybody to get home in time. So it'll be a quick turnaround. Uh, but I'm excited to, to, to do some more hoops, and I'm excited to in some way, shape, or form keep doing basketball in Kansas City. Don't know what form that will take, um, but excited to, to finish up the season. It's going to be Last night they looked really good, man. So I'm excited about what they're going to look like tomorrow. A, a blizzard in South Dakota. That, I, I can't imagine that happening. <laughs> Not exactly a brand new thing. I know uh, my wife is from Wisconsin. We're heading over to her family for Christmas. 
and the blizzard's going to hit that hit that area really hard as well. So we were also kind of happy. We were like, okay, it means we got to pack a lot sooner than we thought. That's going to be stressful, but it'll be nice to get home. You know, get there a day early, get ahead of the storm, uh, so we can just hunker down with uh, with with the family there. So we're excited about it. Sounds like that women's program's had a lot of success in recent years. So what are you thinking about them for this year? Well, you know, they, they sure have. Uh, this is a really successful program. It's one of the top mid-major programs that you're going to find anywhere in the country. You know, they have won three consecutive conference tournament championships, you know, three would-be trips to March Madness, obviously, 2020. The tournament didn't happen. If it did happen, they would have been a top uh, they would have been you know, probably a four seed in the tournament. They were really good that season, kind of, you know, really tough that, that the the season got cut off as it did. Uh, but last season went on, you know, the best run in the history of the program, going to the Sweet 16, knocking off Baylor, a team with national championship pedigree, on their home floor, going on the road to get a convincing win, and then going right down to the wire with Michigan in the Sweet 16 game, came down to the final 15 seconds. And, and then... Don puts to white their coach, left for West Virginia in the Big 12, and the entire starting five turned over. So it's a brand-new team. It's a brand-new coaching staff. They've had some growing pains. They've been snake-bitten by injuries. Four different players have gone down with ACL injuries, either in the lead-up to the season or during the season. Uh, and we've got one more, one of our starters, who's, who's nursing a nagging injury and is just toughing it out right now. Uh, and so it, it was a tough non-conference in, in some ways they wound up going four and seven for non-conference play but they turned the page last night first game of summit league play uh beat uh kansas city by about 20 points last night it looked really really good and so the hope is they're turning the page they're figuring things out and the goal is to to win another conference title and get back to the ncaa tournament when the team advances to the ncaa tournament like that do, do you get to call those games at least locally I do, yes. So the, so the rules are actually a little bit less strict, at least as of now, with the women's tourney than with the men's tourney. Because for those who don't know, it's kind of inside baseball. When you're calling a game for a school with the men's tournament, you are only allowed to call it for like one over-the-air radio station. You can't stream it. You can't go out of market because Westwood One has the rights to that. They pay good money for it, and so they're going to protect it, that sort of thing. On the women's side, that was not the case. And so I was able to go to all the games, even the Elite Eight game, or the Sweet 16 game, where I believe on the men's side, I don't know if they send local radio to those games. Uh, but I was courtside for all of them, and so that was you know, obviously extremely, uh, you know, just uh, as much fun as I've ever had calling games in, in my career, just to be able to experience that. And also just to sort of share it with the fans and the friends and family of the players who were always sitting literally right behind me for those games. Uh, and, and there's just a ton of support, you know, for women's basketball here in South Dakota. You know, they have, we had our Sweet 16 game in Wichita, which is a, a doable drive, you know, from where we are in, in South Dakota. The campus is in Vermilion. And I think they sold about seven, 8,000 seats. And I want to say about, you know, 6,000 of those were Coyote fans for that Sweet 16 game. You know, we took over that arena. And so it was really, uh, it, was, it was one of those moments where you're like, wow, this is really cool, this is special, this doesn't happen every day. Um, so it was, it was a really great experience and a great, great team that, that earned their way to that spot. They didn't, they didn't get lucky. You know, they, they worked really hard and they, they earned that Sweet 16 berth. 
You, you know, I think it's kind of funny. I, I think you are the, the third broadcaster in the American Association calling women's basketball, if I'm not wrong about that. That, that must be a, a good thing for a broadcaster to do in this league. Well, yeah, and you see it, you see it all across, you know, uh, affiliated baseball, too, because if you think about it, you know, a lot of affiliated jobs in broadcasting, they're seasonal, right, so they're only going to pay you uh, for the summer months. Maybe you're able to work part-time or, or at the bigger uh, – Affiliated teams, a lot of times you'll have somebody do sales, you know, in the offseason. Uh, and a couple of teams in our league, I believe that's the case as well. But the season dovetails really perfectly, right, between college hoops and the American Association, right? The baseball season runs May through September. College hoops season runs November to March. And so for us as broadcasters, if we're able to, to find opportunities in, in both of those things, um, that's, that's something that uh, we're always going to try and jump at the chance to do. So that's what I was really excited about here in South Dakota was having the opportunity to do both of those things. And yeah, I'm not surprised. It, it, it's great to, to be able to do both and to be able to call games year round. I'm, I'm sure the team a little bit disappointed that you won't be back with them next year. Well, I, I yeah, I, I, I'm, I obviously am really lucky to be able to have gotten that job. It's, it's a, just an outstanding uh, place to work and a great, you know, my, my boss is Travis Lee is a great guy. I'm working with John Thayer. The men's broadcaster has been great. Uh, it's, it's the kind of job where if I were, you know, if I were on their full time, be a really tough decision. Uh, it's, it, it's a job that, you know, is, uh, a, a by the game sort of position, but yeah, they, they do just such an outstanding job in South Dakota here of supporting their, their women's program. You know, you, you don't see it in a lot of places where the fans are as passionate as they are here about women's basketball. It shows in the listenership. It shows, you know, talking to parents uh, on Thanksgiving dinner. You know, we had a Thanksgiving trip to Las Vegas this year. We had a dinner at this little room in the uh, arena that was attached to the casino, and it was great to be able to just say hi to the parents and the family members that had made the trip and, and just sort of be a part of that community. Uh, I'm really lucky to be able to spend three years with this team. Now, did I hear you correctly when that you, you're moving to Kansas City? Yes, yeah. So that's a big part uh, of this this transition. That's a big part of, of why, um, you know, it's sort of a newish way of approaching it. Is And one of the things that I talked to when I was, you know, being interviewed with this, for this position was about moving to Kansas City year-round and, and, and how – that's going to really help elevate what we're doing. Uh, we are going to be moving to Kansas City on April 1st um, and staying there year-round as I, as I stay on with this team, which we're really excited about. You know, we, we like it here in South Dakota. Where we, we never would have seen ourselves winding up here. We've made some great friends. We enjoy it. Uh, but I think, you know, my wife and I are sort of in a spot where we're excited to have a fresh start and excited to – to move to a larger city and to a place where we, you know, we're both University of Missouri graduates, uh, where we know a lot of people. And so it's, it's, it's going to be a big part of that move is, is not just coming in and calling games in the summer, but being able to embed myself into the organization and to really form a year-round connection with the city, uh, the folks in the media, the folks that are in our fan base, you know, the other people that are, that are power players with our team. That's a big part of it too. And I, I can't wait. I, I've heard, Everybody, I, whenever I tell somebody that I'm moving to Kansas City, they talk about how great it is, so I can't wait to spend some more time there. Now, just because of the day that it falls on, and you, you know, like tell your wife early in the morning, I'm sorry, you know, the, the house fell through, we're not going to be able to move. 
And then he's like, oh, April Fool's. I'm like, are you mad about that, do you think? <laughs> no, that, that, you know, we're journalists. We don't like it when, uh, when anybody's misleading anybody. You know, we keep things factual. Uh, that, would, that would not be very nice to do. But well, I can tell you we're already sort of looking at places. You know, my wife is really excited, of course. We don't know exactly uh, what she's going to be doing for work yet, so we don't know the location or the budget that we're going to be looking for. So it's hard to look for a place when you don't know those two things. We're looking anyway. I mean, we're really excited uh, to, to find a spot. So, uh, but, yeah, that's, uh, moving is always stressful. I mean, everybody hates moving. I really hate moving. Uh, but it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it for sure. Uh, Christmas coming up here, Carter. You got big plans for yourself? Yeah, we know we're we're heading to Wisconsin to spend Christmas with with my wife's family, which is great. And the main concern is getting in ahead of that blizzard uh, that's coming in a little bit. We've got a blizzard that's coming through. Uh, it's going to hit South Dakota and and Wisconsin and all those you know upper midwestern states. And looks like we're going to be able to get out ahead of it. And then it's just yeah, we're just going to spend. We spend all week there in, in Madison with her family, and uh, we're, we're really excited to just be off the clock and enjoy the people that we love. And I'm, I'm ready for it. It's going to be a, a stressful couple of days to get packed and call this game and get everything done, uh, but then we'll be, we'll be ready to go. So, what, What's the favorite food for Carter Woodale at Christmas time? What, what do we got to have? Favorite food on Christmas time? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, you know, Aaron's grandma makes this dish where she brought it to Christmas, what was it, last, I guess it was last year, and people kind of rolled their eyes at it, and I was like, what's going on? I go, oh, you know, grandma brings this every year, and I'm like, okay, and she calls it, I think she calls it Mike's salad after Aaron's, after Aaron's dad, and it's basically this it's, it's, it comes in this Tupperware. She brings it out. It's got marshmallow fluff and pieces of canned fruit. And it's very like, this is, I'm realizing how hard this is to explain, but it's like a creamy-ish texture. And it just tastes like fruits and marshmallows and Midwestern quote-unquote salad. And it's the kind of thing where everybody has a little bit and they're like, oh, this is all right. And then I ate it, I was like, okay, this is the best thing I've ever had, and I would like to eat all of it. And as soon as I tell that to Aaron's grandma, her eyes lit up. She's like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, and and they kinda, the other people would look at me like, you know she's going to just bring a ton of that now. And I'm like, yes, and I will eat it because it is delicious. I love the marshmallow fruit salad, whatever you call it. I don't know what it is, but I love it. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that she brings it again this year. We'll see. Grandma's favorite new person it sounds like <laughs> she's she's wonderful we love her so much I'm looking forward to seeing her well, that's beautiful you know uh, we had brad Allred a couple of years ago on during christmas time and he, he had really gone excessive on his wife uh getting her a louis vuitton purse i don't think i'm saying that name correctly now i i except from french pronunciation uh-huh. or something but uh, can, can you tell us a little bit about what you got for your wife and i promise i won't tell her well, she's, you know, I, I, I would tell you, but she's right here, actually. You know, our place, our place sound travels very well. She's wrapping presents for other members of the family. I can tell you, I think it's, I think she's going to like it. I got her one thing, and I think she's going to like it. She's, like, literally looking at me right now. So I can't, I can't tell you. You're wrapping my, oh, she's wrapping my present. Okay, I don't see, obviously, because it's wrapped now. But, yeah, I, I, I'm confident that she's going to like it. 
And I can't. I wish I could give you more details, but she's right there. <laughs> <laughs> I understand completely. I understand. <laughs> well, Carter, Carter, I really appreciate you joining me here. And but before you get away, you know that our guests get to give us a final thought. So I'll, the floor is yours. Well, I, I just would encourage anybody who's who has been thinking about heading on over to Legends Field and catching a Monarchs game to get over here this summer, man. That's going to be, I'm just so excited to grow this fan base, uh, to reach out to people who maybe haven't heard of us, don't know about the team, who, who because we have such a great product here. And, and for the fans that are returning, the folks that are coming back, uh, my job is to shine a spotlight on the players and to make things right for fans. I know it's, it, it's a change. I know I'm a new guy. I uh, encourage you to keep an open mind and, and whatever ideas you have or whatever uh, things that fans are looking forward to, lay it on me. I'm excited to get to get to know fans and to, to be part of this vibrant community that we've got with the Kansas City Monarchs and to grow that community. So I'm, I'm just so excited. I'm so grateful uh, to Jay Heimrichs, Mark Brandemeyer, Mark McKee, everybody at the organization for bringing me on. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And give my best to Kevin as well. Awesome. Carter, thanks for joining us, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for having me. Well, great having Carter on the show here with me today. Uh, I want to point out that I recorded my interview with Carter on Tuesday, but am doing the remaining part of today's show on Thursday. So uh, I do have a little bit of news to talk about. Kevin and I will discuss much more thoroughly on Monday when he returns back with me, and that is that the Winnipeg Gold Eyes named manager Greg Taggart uh, to take over the club. Um, Greg obviously has a, a long history in the American Association and has had a great deal of success, one of a couple of handful of managers out there who have over a 1,000 victories in his career. So uh, uh, kind of a little bit of a surprising move because I, I figured Greg was pretty happy in the San Francisco Giants organization and has been doing a great job with them. But nice to see him return to American Association Baseball as he is truly one of the best. No, no, no denying that whatsoever. And um, a very smart, savvy move by the club for sure. Uh, Kevin and I will talk more about that later on, though. So um, look forward to that, uh, discussing with Kevin and his thoughts on Greg becoming the new manager. And uh, hopefully we'll have Greg on Monday night to talk a little bit about what's going on with him. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of news going on around the American Association, a few signings going on this week. Uh, heading into the Christmas break here, Aaron Takis, uh, signed by the Lincoln Salt Dogs. Aaron played for a couple of different clubs last year, um, starting the season with the Lake Country Dockhounds before being dealt to the Sioux Falls Canaries. Aaron's a personal favorite of mine, loved the job that he did in Houston a couple of years ago, came out of the Pecos League to be quite a star, and pretty excited about this opportunity for him. Uh, Lincoln should be a great club for him to play for. He's he's a Brett Jody type of guy, um, just a real hard-nosed, tough player, can do lots of things, great speed, uh, can hit home runs for you, uh, gets on base and steals bases, does all kinds of things. So uh, he, he definitely is a nice acquisition by the club. They also signed Connor Panas, I'm, I'm hoping I'm saying that right, um, as a uh, an, an additional outfielder. Aaron may wind up playing infield for this club. So um, otherwise, already kind of building that outfield, uh, Brett Jody's doing out there for the club. Lake Country keeps a few players from last season as they uh, re-signed right-handed pitcher Nick Harold 
Right-handed pitcher Alex McRae and outfielder Jake Snyder. McRae was one of the best pitchers in the American Association last season. He'll be the the star of this rotation. If uh, Angel Ventura also returns and is has that arm in, in good shape, those dot counts are going to be pretty tough. So look for them to be a, a very tough club for next season. Um, we also have Jake Snyder returning, who had a nice season for them, batting in a few different spots in the order. So he, he should be a big acquisition. Milwaukee, our big um, re-signing, I should say. Milwaukee signs uh, former Gary South Shore Railcat right-hander Gregorio Vasquez. He'll be joining the team. That's a, sh- a savvy move by Anthony Barone to bolster up that staff as well. Cleveland does a couple of moves out there, not only re-signing Cody Bullard, which um, Brad Albert talked with us about last week, but they also uh, sign Anthony Benitez, the left-hander who should add a lot of experience and depth to their team, kind of fell in the role that um, they lost when Hunter Wolf was signed uh, by an affiliate club last season. He's going to be that lefty coming out of the bullpen that they know will close the door for them. So that's that's a, a very nice move out there by Logan Watkins. I did want to also talk briefly. This uh, we've we've done uh, each week when we've had the guest on the show talking about that particular club to talk about the team. So let's talk a little bit about the Kansas City Monarchs. Obviously a team that put together quite a campaign, got off to a very fast start behind just an unbelievably power-ridden lineup. I mean, this, this was a team just knocking the ball out everywhere. And they got great production out of um, one through nine in their order. I mean, it, it, you can't really say any, any and there was a weak spot in this lineup because there simply wasn't. And the pitching staff was great, too. They were first in, in run scored, home runs, first in uh, most offensive categories, but first in the team ERA. Matt Hall set a, a couple of American Association records last season, including ERA. Lowest ERA in league history was just lights out. And, and let's consider, too, that this guy was gone for a little while after the Giants organization had signed him but still put together a spectacular year for the team. Very disappointing how he was treated, by the way, in the Giants organization. Got just two appearances at AAA for a guy with major league experience. I, I, I don't mean to disparage um, major league clubs, but let's just face it, they, this, this organization was just downright disrespectful to Matt Hall, and there's no other way to put it. I, I, I have very little respect for how the Giants organization treated him which has really ruined my respect for them altogether. I, I thought, here's a guy, again, major league experience, what earned his spot to be given a chance to, to show what he has there, and they did nothing for him. So um, I, I think it's a disgrace. To be honest, I'm just going to call it out the way it is. An absolute disgrace how he was treated. I don't know if Matt will wind up being back here uh, in, in the American Association next season. Clearly proved he deserves another shot somewhere. Um, but... Um, if he's anchoring that rotation again next year, those Kansas City Monarchs are going to be very tough. No doubt about it. But there is a good, uh, some problems this team did have this this last season. It looked like heading up to the All-Star break that this was just a complete machine that was not going to be beaten by anybody. But Gabriel Guerrero deciding to, to hang it up. Now, he's re-signed. We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, is that his contract was re-signed, and I'm not sure if that means that he's thinking about coming back to the team. I, I hope so, because he's the heart and soul of this team. No disrespect for Joe Calfer-Pietro, who's the best manager in independent baseball. I mean, there's just hands down. I mean, nobody is better, okay? 
but but Guerrero was the guy. You know, I mean, he was just the guy that really got this team to play hard every day, and they just rallied around him. He's just got that kind of infectious personality and character that really makes him a star in this league. And even if the numbers are not 340 with 25 home runs, and he does put up big offensive numbers, mind you. Okay, I'm not putting those down at all. He's putting up big numbers. Even if they aren't astronomical numbers, he still is just a complete stud for this team. Okay, they, they, they know that he's their guy. And when he decided to hang it up halfway through the season, um, the club just was not the same. And they won a lot of games, finished with the top record in terms of wins in the American Association. Again, first in team batting average and home runs and runs scored, first in team ERA. They, they were phenomenal. But they were just not the same after he left. And some injuries to guys like John Hernandez um, also hurt this team a little bit. Great moves by Joe as the season went along to keep the team moving forward, keep the team battling out there. Um, they brought Ryan Grochon back, um, who had a phenomenal 2021 season for this team, um, was just a, a, a guy at the top of the order there uh, with Morgan McCullough who were just unstoppable. They were just always on base, it seemed like. David Thompson wound up having a great year for the team. Kevin Santa got in a lot more games, I think, than they were anticipating. But again, uh, Thompson was injured for a little while, finished with 19 homers, probably could have had near 30 if he'd have played in every game this year. Darnell Sweeney had a huge season for this team. Willie Abreu traded later on in the year. But they brought in some nice nice additions to the team here um, to really help bolster the club and add some, uh, some punch. Malik Smith was a guy like that who came in with his major league experience, had 11 stolen bases in 27 games, hit 281 for this team. Took him a little while to get going, but he really performed well for the team. Ultimately, though, it was the pitching staff um, that doomed this club in the playoffs. Fargo was able to take advantage of, of their staff, and, and it primarily was the bullpen that struggled down the stretch. It, it just They could not rely on a guy to come and just shut the door down. And while they got great performances um, across the board, and they, they had some, some good numbers, it was the inability of that closer, that, that seven, eight, nine guys, uh, seven, eight, nine inning guys to just shut the door out and keep teams out of games that really ultimately hurt this, this team. Jamison McGrain finished with 17 saves. Uh, he, he's a, a fireball, four, 72 strikeouts in 47 innings. He's got phenomenal stuff, but a 5.17 ERA. Um, you know, that, that just wasn't doing the job for this team, and he struggled over the last month immensely, uh, including into the playoffs. So um, had just a one appearance in the playoffs where he gave up a, 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 a set of runs, finished with a 54 ERA in, in that one-third of an inning that he appeared in. Um, a, a, just a struggling time for him down the stretches. He gave up, to close out the season, just for example, he gave up runs in four of his last five games. And this was something the team was really counting on him to be the guy that would just shut teams down. And, and unfortunately, uh, uh, he was not able to do so. And we, and we love Jamison. You know, he, he's, he's proven himself to be a guy that has been very dependable for this team but he struggled down the stretch and he was not the only one Brian Glowicki struggled a little bit down the stretch um, the, the 
starters beyond Matt Hall were not as dominant as we have seen. And the club turned to Valdez uh, to be their closer, hoping that he would be the guy that would really deliver for them. Um, and Alex was fantastic in the last, you know, uh, after being acquired seven games, he appeared during the regular season, posting a 1.08 ERA. But in the playoffs, he got hit hard. And again, this was the problem for the team. So I'm expecting Joe, this is going to be his focus this year. I, I would not be surprised if he really dives into the the market this year and spends time working on that, that bullpen. He knows he's going to attract the very best talent. He's the best manager in the league. No disrespect to anybody else. This is the guy. Okay, We have 12 incredible managers, and Joe's at the top of the heap right now. He's, he's the top guy. So he's going to be doing you know what, what he does, and, and he knows that he gets people back to affiliate ball. If you're a guy who's a, a, got a, a live arm who's looking for an opportunity to get back to affiliate baseball, and you, you know that Joe's going to be a guy who's going to get you there. You also know Kansas City is a great city to play in, and you know Monarch's brand is exciting. So um, he he's the kind of guy who will draw people to his team, and the the city will draw people to the team. So if you're if you're a live arm out there and you're thinking I want that shot, this is the place that a lot of people are going to turn to. So I would assume that this is going to be the spot Joe's going to make his prime. Uh, focus here in the off season, and that should be good news for Monarchs fans as they look to come back to the um, to the championship series next year. Let's talk a little bit about other stuff going on around independent baseball. Uh, I know Kevin is 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 huge into the Savannah Bananas, um, and uh, they have some exciting contests coming up here. They've already got their Kansas City Monarchs. Uh, contest in place for next year. They will be playing uh, uh, some Frontier League baseball next year as well as they make a deal with the Florence Yalls uh, to play on Monday, May 15th. And this is a fun little club. You know, go out there and, and enjoy because uh, they are they are really something special. Uh, kind of the Harlem Globetrotters of independent baseball Kevin and I were talking about a few days ago. So um, that, that should be pretty cool. So go out and check that out. If you're able to get in, in, in any of those areas, I think you'll find that to be good stuff. Okay. Um, 2002 MVP Brantley Bell, signed by the San Diego Padres organization. And so congratulations to him getting that opportunity. He'll, he'll do great there. No, no, no doubt about that at all. Um, and the uh, Ottawa Titans re-sign Zach Westcott. I pitched in the American Association briefly. Uh, he will return to the Frontier League in 2023. So uh, congratulations to um, Ottawa for returning back one of their big aces to the staff last season. In the Atlantic League, uh, Lexington hires uh, Barry Lyons as their new manager. Uh, Barry has a, a, an extensive uh, Major League Baseball career, spent 14 years in the majors, as a matter of fact. And so uh, that's that's a big addition right there. And, you know, and it shows that the Atlantic League's got some top-notch managers as well. So uh, Kevin and I obviously are focused on the American Association, but I'll give credit where credit is due. And they have some, some pretty darn good managers out there in the Atlantic League. So uh, congratulations there. Uh, Matt Karasidi, I believe is the way I said this, has his contract purchased by the Colorado Rockies organizations after uh, appearing for the Ducks last year. And I believe uh, that is it. With the exception, I, I do want to say they're going back in the Atlantic League to a, an idea they had last season 
that I thought was a very, very good one, that if you were a season ticket holder for any one of the clubs in the Atlantic League, you could go to any game in any city and get in for free after that, okay? Uh, so if you were a, a Long Island fan and wanted to travel to York or wherever and, and watch a game, um, you could go do so. You just show up with your whatever your season ticket pass is for your home club, and you could watch your team out on the road. I, I think that that's a brilliant idea, and um, I still continue to think that. So I think that that is a, a great innovation by the Atlantic League, and, and uh, hopefully some of the other leagues will see the benefit of that as well because it is it is a super cool idea that I, I think really kind of builds up some some rivalries more. You know, it, you want to go check out your club and you're thinking, I can go watch a game for free. Why don't I travel, you know, even if it is a few hours away or four hours away, or I'm taking a vacation and I'm heading through Lexington, why don't I go check out a game there? That, that, you know, that, that'd be a pretty cool idea. And um, so uh, kudos to the Atlantic League on that one. I, I, I think that was a great idea. Well, without Kevin here, I don't have the Kevin Luco final thought for this week, but I'll, I'll give you the rub for your final thought. Um, it's Christmas time, and uh, for me personally, that this uh, um, is a special time of year, not only because I get to spend time with my, my grandkids and my daughter and, and her husband who are visiting, um, but uh, I, I'm just reminded of how incredibly blessed that I am at this time of year. And, and you know, I, I try to focus on that all year long, but I am recognizing that I have more than any person deserves in life. I, I think sometimes we sit and we think about all that we don't have and what we wish we could come up with and what um, opportunities we pass by or, or whatever. Okay, it's easy to dwell on what, what should be or what isn't or whatever. But there is a lot of great things going on out there. Regardless of what side of the aisle you sit on and politically or where you sit in your religion or where you sit... Uh, your sports team or your city or your thoughts about whoever, we have a lot to be thankful for. And I know that in the last six or seven years, we have been inundated with a lot of BS about how horrible things are and everybody's oppressed and everybody's victimized and everybody's cheated or scammed or whatever by somebody. But we have it better than any other person on the planet. And I don't mean that from like we're a better country or anything. We just have it better. It's easier it's we're wealthier we can get more than anybody else you can if you want something you can it doesn't matter what it is you can have it delivered to you in a couple of days at most um, you can get whatever you want you have it made here and for all, all those out there who are thinking of themselves well I, I feel like I'm not getting the breaks or whatever every day we watch tens of thousands of people cross over the border make long treks, arduous treks, risk their lives, go through a lot of abuse to get here because they know that it is much better here than it is anywhere else. And my final thought for you as we are coming to the end of the year here is to think about the fact that you are blessed in more ways than you could possibly imagine. And it's time for us to have a little appreciation for how good we do have it. Stop listening to professors and political commentators and news outlets and Facebook posts and Twitter feeds and all these other things telling you how bad it is. Find the good in what you already have in your life because there's a lot of it. And if you do that, I think you're going to find that not only will this be a much better Christmas for you, 
it will be a great end of the year for you and take you into next year feeling more joyful and happy than you have been in a long time. You know, I, I will say for me personally, I have seen a lot of sad things go on. Um, I'm saddened by Dan Vaughn not being a broadcaster in this league right now. I hope that that changes. But you know what? Dan's finding blessings and stuff too because that's just the kind of character he is. Dan's a heck of a guy. And I'm blessed to come across people like him. Carter's stepping out of the uh, American Association office to come to the, the uh, back in the booth. And I'm, I'm blessed by that. Okay, and, and he'll be awesome. Okay, um, So great things going on out there for everybody. Dan's going to land somewhere and he's going to be great. So fans, I know you're a little discouraged. If you haven't seen yet, Kevin Loco has a tribute to Dan Vaughn out there on 10th inning blog. 10thinningstretch.blogspot.com. Go check that out as well because I think you'll really appreciate his words on Dan and his thoughts on the whole situation. But we love Dan and we love Carter too. And I appreciate him coming on and joining me on the show today because he's, he's a phenomenal guy. I look forward to Kevin returning with me back uh, next week as we discuss uh, the end of the year wrap for things and look forward to 2023. So for Kevin Luco, who will be back next week, I'm Rob Panier, and I will see you next time on This Week in the Association.